Craft Beer Radio episode 278 on February 22nd, 2014. Are you ready to rock? I'm ready. We're listening to the Trooper from Iron Maiden because the first beer tonight is going to be Trooper from Robinson Brewing, which is the Iron Maiden beer. The Iron Maiden beer. So, welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Greg Weiss. Jeff Bear over here. And, yeah. On this side of the table. You need a. You probably would need an opener. Your thumb isn't going to work too. A few openers here. All right. So, what is Trooper besides the song you heard in the opening? Uh, it's created on what it's created by Iron Maiden. Somehow, I doubt that's. Oh, uh, actually, it is um, with the brewery. But it's not. It's the, not an American Pilsner. It's an ESB. Uh, well, there's an English band. So. No, the uh, might probably on the label here, but uh, one of the dudes from Iron Maiden likes good beer, so he got together with the brewery and wanted to craft a, a beer for Iron Maiden. Says being a real alien enthusiast, vocalist Bruce Dickinson has developed a beer which has a true depth of character. So they call it a uh, an ESB malt flavors and citric notes from a unique blend of Bobeck, Goldings, and Cascade hops. 4.7%. Sessionable. Very cold right now. It's a 500 mil bottle. That's 1.0.9 fluid ounces. And uh, this beer has a Twitter handle, apparently. <laughs> or at least Arsenal Imports does. It'd be funny if, if you know, it's like you complain about Curiosity Rover having a Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> it's actually it's an anthropomorphic beer. thing, but this is the beer itself actually <laughs> anthropomorphized. That, that's even worse. While we cool this down, I'd like to, to ask you a question about this whole clown uh, shoes thing. <laughs> so I made a tweet this week. 47.4 is what we're at right now. I made a tweet this week when the Mad Max had Galactica double IPA. And my tweet was along the lines of, despite their name, they make some really good yeah, beer. Yeah. Now, this goes back to bef- uh, a couple of years ago. When they Jeff... Sent, they sent us some beer. They sent us some beer. Jeff didn't want me to know the name of the brewery while we were drinking it because he thought that would affect the way I looked at the beer. Uh, I thought the beers were very good. He showed me the name of the brewery, and I was like, I don't know why in the world you thought that would affect the way I looked at the beer. Now I know it's because <laughs> Jeff is affected by the name of the beer. What's... Why? Why? I don't know. I just clown shoes sounds like a gimmicky name for a gimmicky beer. I mean, you know, as I said uh, before we started, Dogfish Head is is a relatively gimmicky name. Uh, you know, I can think of lots of of different gimmicky names for for breweries. Why clown shoes is any different? Because they're freaking Hebrew, clowns. Hebrew, yeah, is a pretty yeah. gimmicky name. Yeah, um, you're right. You're right. But it's not freaking clowns. <laughs> is, so it's just the clown part? Maybe it is the clown part. I don't know. <laughs> I, is it the clowns or the clown shoes specifically? Huh. I think it's the shoes. I think I hate the shoes more than I would hate, like, clown face brewing. I mean, the thing that immediately came to mind when I was talking... Jackass brewing. When, when I was thinking about the tone was Duck Rabbit Brewery, right? I mean, that's uh-huh. that's ridiculous, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's based on, on a name of a particular optical illusion. Mm-hmm. But they make good beer, so who cares? It's like, yeah, the name of those clown shoes. They, they can name themselves uh, Dumb Beer Company. If they make good beer, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> You're right. And, uh, you know, I was able... 
obviously I still harbor some prejudice. Yeah. But I'm able to get beyond that to taste the beers and to know they are good. Just about everything no, we've I, had. And, and that, that's commendable that you – that it's not – you're, you, while you have a prejudice against a name, while you're tasting the beer, that that prejudice doesn't come into play. But still, it's just it, to me, based on all the beers we've had, the thousands of beers that we've had, and the, the hundreds of breweries that we've had, some of them are weird. Now, I did have their Imperial Stout. I think it was Imperial Stout. Not very good. I don't normally tweet. Mm-hmm. No, I, I kind of. You know, I don't want to be that a-hole on Twitter tweeting about bad beers. So if I'm drinking a beer that I don't think is great, I'll just be quiet about it instead of tweet about it. So I, I typically just give props. So, you know, I gave them props on Galactica. Um, so, I mean, they, not everything they make is yeah. awesome. They I don't drink a lot with. of beers during the week, but I did drink um, one beer this week, which was uh, Green Flash's Double uh, Stout. Okay. It's okay. I don't think there was anything spectacular about it. So. And their Black IPA this week. That was pretty good. All right, this beer is cold. Got my hands wrapped around yeah. it, it's making my palms cold, and the beer is like not warming up. That's because it's Trooper. <laughs> so th- this is an imported beer, like we said. From it's uh, from, uh, only four point seven percent. Look at yeah. that. Huh. That's Let's not metal. That is not metal at all. Why is that not metal? Sixty point two. That that's pretty good. Four percent is not metal. Yeah, okay, it's 57, we're good. So the beer is very clear. It is uh, rusty orange, I would call this one. Sure, I'll give you that. Looks like an ESB. The The head's port very light, just a little wisp around the rim, not very much head to speak of on it. Sort of a, you know, this bready, darker bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know there there are some hops. It, it's it's very much pithy. Uh, you know, like a, an orange pith, maybe a grapefruit pith is kind of what most of the aroma is. Yeah, a little citrus in there. And there's a, a kind of a sweet um, barley you know, type aroma. You some know, some kind of malty sweetness coming out. Grape yeah. nuts or something like that coming off of it. Or uh, puffed wheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty dry. A little bitter. The malt. It's not a. It's not a big malty beer. No. It's a little. Ch- it's, oh, it gets really chalky late in the aftertaste. Kind of gives you this dry, chalky, almost astringent feel on your tongue. Hmm. All right, let me give another sip here. Kind of an Italian bread mm-hmm. uh, flavor to the malt. And then it's cut with a little bit of, of, of a grapefruit hoppiness, just a bit. Not very uh high you know not 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 very resiny but just a little bit of a mm-hmm. cut of of bitterness there and like jeff says ends dry ends you know chalky is, is a is a pretty decent description the the malt then goes to a little kind of pumpernickelish 
type flavor as as that bitterness sort of sinks in with it and that that's what you're left with is pumpernickel, a little bit of chalkiness that's a good call I don't think I would have got there but it, it's pretty accurate getting the pumpernickel it's a uh, I like ESBs a lot but I like a sweeter ESB mm, than this yeah this one's pretty dry excuse me it reminds me kind of Session beers before session beers got good. You know, where mm. it's kind of bitter and astringent and yeah. there's not enough body to it. Yeah, that, that's a, that's an excellent point. There's, it doesn't have a sort of viscousness that you might want out of a decent ESP at 4.7%. I don't know how how high the ESP is typically. Can they get in the 6 range? Yeah, they certainly can. Well, an extra special bitter can definitely get in the yeah, six range, you yeah. know. Like, but a, you know, a bitter special bitter is more in the the realm here. It's um, it's almost too much bitterness and not enough malt, right? If you yes. if you fit if you change one of those variables, I think it would come into better balance. Yeah, without it being like a big West Coast hop mm-hmm. bomb, it's not that at all. It it, it stays pretty English. I mean, it has some Cascade hops mm-hmm. in there. It gives it a little bit more of a fruity thing, but it has those Eat Kent Goldings and, and Bobecks that are more. Along the lines of your uh, your continentals. Let's see if there's a date on this bottle. It it tastes uh, probably a lot like in, having not been to London or England. <laughs> I don't know, but it tastes a lot like what I expect. Uh, a lot of the beers there, you know, probably would have tasted like before craft beer became huge. Better beers than what we had in America for sure, but not extra special awesome beers there you know it, it's got flavor to it but it's more like a slightly deeper newcastle than it is mm-hmm. uh a really good esb or anything like that yeah it's nothing anything like fuller's or anything mm-hmm. like that fuller's is just is, is a delicious uh wonderful beer and this is just kind of like uh it it, it exists mm-hmm. but i can't really you know give give it much props beyond the fact that it it's not i'm thankful it's not a golden pilsner you know a, a golden <laughs> right. a, a cap a classic american mm. pilsner style like international lager right like um like land shark is for example mm-hmm. the, you know those kind of promotional beers and the only promotional beers that i've had that have been any good and i, and I wouldn't necessarily say that they're and i wouldn't i don't know about only but the ones that come to mind recently are the Game of Thrones beers, and mm-hmm. they're not great. Mm-hmm. They're just decent. Right. Yeah, they could be. I mean, Omegang could make, you know, it's Omegang. They can make great beers. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they need to you know, make beers that, you know, nerds like. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm what I'm doing now is finishing this up, and it's, it's a decent sized bottle I'm getting a big gulp just to see if that because this is a beer meant to be it's not meant to be savored in the same sense so I'm giving a big gulp to see if that improves the quality of the beer any just because it I think it does I, yeah. the last couple of sips I took fast and hard and uh, it was a better beer drinking it mm-hmm. fast and hard so I think that those those subtleties you're looking for get kind of lost and you just mm. you get a, a thirst quenching beer has a little bit of you know, a hint of, of lemon or something like that, and it goes down fine. And what makes you not want another one? But as a, an experience, probably not very high up on your list. 
Yeah, uh, it's not craft beer radio approved. You don't need to go seek that one out. Yeah. Unless you really love Iron Maiden. But then you've already had it. You got it on your shelf. All right, so what's next? This is the Sam Ol Smith Tadcaster Yorkshire Stinga- Stingo Stingow Bottle Conditioned Ale, product of the UK, ale aged in oak casks, matured for over a year. It's it's interesting. Uh, it doesn't say Samuel Smith. It says Samuel S A M little L Smith. But the website does say Samuel Smith. Mm-hmm. But the ingredients they have is water, malted barley, cane sugar, hops, and really? yeast. Really? Really? Samuel Smith's putting sugar in their beer. And they recommend 51 degrees. We like to drink our beer a little bit warmer than that. There's pictures on the label. You got an open fermenter. And you got some barrels, the union barrel system going on there. Yeah, I think those are the same. Yep, same yep, pictures. Same yep. pictures are on the website. Go to our show notes, and you can take a look and see that. 53, a little bit. Uh, I still like my beers to be around 60. But they said 51, right? 51, yeah. I'm going to take a sip now. I'm gonna call right. me crazy. Okay, the beer is darker than the last one. This one's a, a, a tea color. Uh, kind of a little bit of a... Has a red hue to it. Yeah. The head is is more prevalent. It's a small head, but it's covering the beer. The aroma is interesting. It's uh, it's sugary aroma, uh, reminding me of kind of like uh, kind of raisin bran, right? I was thinking like watermelon pixie sticks. Oddly enough, I can smell that too. <laughs> <laughs> it has that sugary pixie stick type, you know, aroma, but it's kind of strawberry or watermelon. Right. This is 9.0% alcohol by volume. 9.0. Not sessionable. We'll toss our Zyla stopper into this thing because this is another half liter. Actually, it's more. It's 1.2.7 fluid ounces, so... That's probably oh it's a five fifty. Look at that. Well, Get fifty extra milliliters over the uh, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, excellent. All right. Time so. built in the pre-show. So <laughs> I'm trying to get past. There's that. a lot of alcohol volatilization mm-hmm. coming off of this too, which is bringing these interesting uh, <laughs> fruity slash. Um, pungent flavors, so pungent what does aromas. Dingo mean? I wonder. Stingow, stingo. Hmm, I'm not sure whether I'm detecting something weird in there or not. Stingo is um, old beer, sharp or strong liquor. Uh, I shall set a cup of old stingo at your elbow. Addison. So this is, like like Jeff said, aged for at least a year, matured in well-used oak casks in the brewery's underground cellars. Okay, so who's Addison? It's a quote from Addison. That, they use a quote from Addison. Is he an author? Mm-hmm. 
English essayist whose witty and elegant works appeared in the Tatler, founded by Richard Steele in 1709, and The Spectator, founded by mm. Edison and Steele in 1711. It's, um, it's quite interesting. Kind of a... Hmm. <laughs> kind of a, of a bready pudding with some very sharp and sour mm-hmm. uh, raisins and or grapes or something in there. Yeah, I mean, raisins is a good way to put it. I was going to put that, you know, has a, a, you know, there's a body. There's like, there's like two things, like two bodies in this beer, mm-hmm. right? You you can actually taste the malt body and then, you know, which is fuller. And then you can taste the sugar body, which is thinner, you yeah. know. And um, the thinner body, I was going to just call, you know, there's that cidery sugar flavor. But, you know, when you call it raisins, that's, that's a little more accurate. I'll go with raisins. I hear Dusty's. <laughs> He's back there. Yeah. I see him. <laughs> got the cat prowling around the studio. Hmm. It's a, I guess a little bit of the oak comes through, but not much. Well, if it's... Like, that looks like Union Barrel System there, right? So, it's well-used oak. Yes. Right? It's just the vessel. It's not... It's not the brewery oak gauge beers, yeah. right? It is Firestone Walker, you know, um oh, why am I drawing a blank on what their Union Barrel beer is? Uh, Union Jack, right? I think it's called Union Jack. I know they have double barrel ale, but I think the regular one's just Union Jack. And it's you know, so that's not that's not an oaky beer per se. Did it smell anything weird in that? Uh, the smell I got from yours was almost like a dusty glass or something. Like, kind of like you had a dusty glass. Yeah. You already had beer in there and you had it rinse, so I'm surprised that came off of it, you know? Yeah, and, the, it, and the glasses are all pretty, you know, freshly washed. The beer tastes considerably different than, than the smell, but the, the smell is, is weirding me out a little bit. The smell has a little bit of what we might call sewer drain in it. It has a little bit of, get of that something, something off. Or or better yet, like just a, a rusty drain, I think, is, is a better thing. A very very mineral mm-hmm. kind of quality. Well, I mean, it is Samuel Smith's, right? It's a pretty hard water mm. area. So minerally is kind of um, typical for that geo, geo, geography. I don't know why I couldn't say geography there. I was like going to say geolocation. No, that's not it. Geography. No, geography. That's what what's I'm the thing say. where you're muggles if you don't do it. What's that? Geo geocaching. Geocaching. <laughs> Go back to the archives for that one. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> It's 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 decent. The the flavor was more had more interesting novelty when I first tasted it, and now it's sort of it's kind of all blending together and not it, becoming. The more I drink it, the more it tastes like a you know homebrew beer, like you know with like that. Let's add sugar, make it stronger. You know, it's, yeah. The 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 sugar part's not well integrated. The 
the you know the barrel aging the flavor experience is very muddled right it, yeah. it's it's all kind of confused well, it tastes like a you know a kitten kilo beer right i mean it just tastes like you know that they you know homebrew where you add a pound of sugar to it you know it's just not not great At 9%, I'm not going to finish that one. Mm. Yeah, probably me neither. Oh, well. Okay, so let's move on. Or, sh- well... <laughs> let's, <laughs> I kind of... Uh, I kind of You're always hand. so good at these segues, Greg. <laughs> so good. I'm going to pour a beer. We can let it warm up while yeah, we're talking. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So we got, uh, choo, choo, choo. I don't even know what this beer is. That's uh, the Dr. Shen one. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that one. I don't know what okay. components it has, but it's definitely not as dark as a Doppelbox, so. This is the Etrusca. Dira Etrusca Bronze. Dr. Shed Craft Brewery, Milton, Delaware. Blah, blah, blah. Have you seen the new dogfish labels yet? No. They're redoing a lot of their seasonals, and it's from the same artist that Radiohead uses and whatnot. And they're kind of goofy and off the wall. But I saw the best tweet analyzing the the new Aper Hop. It's this rabbit that's kind of drooling on this peach, like this. And it's like, oh, I did. I see love that, this yeah. new logo. It looks like a rabid rabbit uh, spreading apart some butt cheeks. <laughs> Zombie rabbit mm, peeling so. apart butt cheeks. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't care, listen to uh, our commercial. Uh, it's starting in five seconds. So prepare to <laughs> your skip That's button. a great segue, Greg. Good job. Yeah. Okay, so the way you can best support Craft Beer Radio, hi Dusty, is Amazon.com or go to no, craftbeerradio.com no. slash Amazon, not Amazon.com. Let, let's start over. Okay. <laughs> We really appreciate that you listen to our podcast. And if you would like to help us, the best way you can support us is to do some shopping online at a giant internet retailer. But don't go to their domain name. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And then you'll get bounced to this giant internet retailer, Amazon. And you can go your, do your shopping as you would normally do. And uh costs you nothing more. And we get a percentage of what you spend. It's true. And, uh... Yeah, that's about it. If you're Unless looking you for web- for one cent, then we don't get anything. But still, that's that's cool. <laughs> well, we get six percent of one cent, but that rounds down to zero, yeah. so no good. Um, if you're looking web for website hosting, there is a link in the show notes for Bluehost.com. Go ahead and use them for your website hosting. They're a pretty good blue web host. And uh, da, 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 da. if you want to send us cold hard cash, you can do that through PayPal, and there is also a link down there in the show notes, right down there. Scroll down, yeah, right there. Okay. Alright. And five, four, three, two, one, we're back. So this Bira Etra Etrusca bronze. They call it an ancient ale. Hold on. Uh, have you read what's in it yet? I'm reading it right now. Oh, I was going to say let's figure it out because it smells really weird. Alright, alright. But if you've already I have not read it. Had your brain I have not read it. it. I've just started to read it. So, so I think let, let's let's go in cold, okay. go in mostly yeah. blind, and then we can read it afterwards. All right. So the color is a 
a kind of tea, right? An English tea color. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have much of a head on it. We're at fifty-one point six right now. There's no head on mine. It looks it. It's not still, but it looks like just still tea, no mm-hmm. head. There's just a couple little bubbles on the edge of the glass. It's it's pretty clean and clear. It's probably a freckle beer if it wasn't quite that dark. Now this is why I didn't want you to read anymore. Smell this thing. I'm not sure what that is. It's kind of a sage. It's kind of um, hmm. like leaves and roots and mushrooms, or I don't know. It's yeah. There's something very earthy there. It it could be a very like a, a very earthy honey. Oh, they had, did use you know in bitches brew they use that Ethiopian honey. Yeah. Hmm. So now we're using our knowledge of the brewery to figure out what they might be reusing. So it is an ancient ale. So it's it's based off of some culture yes. a long, long time ago that made something kind of like beer. So in some sort of fermented beverage that probably used, like you mm-hmm. said, twigs and other things to, to mm-hmm. give it the you know the flavor. This is not uh in I'm sure they dogfish knowing dogfish they probably added other hops and things that weren't mm-hmm. in the original brew, well, but Technically, you got to put at least a one hop in there to sell if you're a brewer. Okay, it's still the smell is still interesting. Like Jeff said, very mm-hmm. earthy uh, uh, fall leaves, um, twigs, and stuff like that. Mushrooms is, is a pretty good one, but not many mushrooms. Yeah, in, not like the mushrooms that you're used to getting at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not that's not a big part of the flavor, but the general feel was more of what I was yeah. going for. Flavor is very much like the aroma; it doesn't differ all that much. There's a nice sweetness that comes in and goes down, and then you get this spice. This, it's I I, I want to say it's you know some kind of heirloom sage that Sam dug up somewhere. I don't know. It's it's a nutmeggy cinnamon. Uh, it has has those qualities to it. So it's a little bit of a little bit of sweetness mixed with earthiness, uh, and and a, just a slight amount of tang. Let's set some. Uh, let's let's see what we're tasting. Okay. So this was made. Uh, Sam traveled to Rome with a medical archaeologist, and analyzed drinking vessels found in twenty eight hundred year old Etruscan tombs. Um. Let's see. They uh, went with the, we've talked about him before, but Dr. Patrick McGovern from University of Pennsylvania. He's a I've talked to him before. We interviewed him back at Philly Beer Week. Really great guy. Um, and uh, yeah, he does archaeology and works with dogfish to do these um, ancient ales. All right, so here's the here's what's going on. The backbone comes from a two-row malted barley and an heirloom Italian wheat. Specialty ingredients include hazelnut flour pomegranates, Italian chestnut honey, Delaware wildflower honey, and clover honey. Lots of different types of honey in there. A handful of whole flower hops are added, but the bulk of the bitterness comes from gentian root and the sarsaparilla-like Ethiopian myrrh resin. Of course. So no sage at all, huh? I was no really sage. I was really putting my chips on the sage, and the roulette wheel came up. Bumped. Well, I don't know what... what yeah. Ethiopian myrrh oh, tastes like it may yeah. taste like sage. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, Some of the honeys, right? Could, yeah. could definitely be pollinated like through that. Yeah, it's hard to say. Now that I know all that honey, and now I'm thinking like I, I haven't had much of those honeys, but I'm like, 
what's a very flavorful honey? Like buckwheat, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And that's not too far off from some of the that's flavors. That's why I think, you know, honey came to mind because I was thinking, you know, those buckwheat honey beers that we've had have some of that real earthy quality. Actually, when you burp this beer back up, it tastes a lot more like buckwheat. <laughs> An heirloom Italian wheat that would probably be a lot like buckwheat, but could be. chestnut honey. That's interesting. I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. That's something that we don't encounter much in beer is chestnuts. Right. Uh, I don't encounter them in life all that much. No. Actually, let's see. This is a dogfish bottle, so we're going to use this uh, stopper. This is the Joey stopper. Listen to previous With shows. A J? Yes, where we've done the um, which stopper works best for beers, and you will find this on the um, Craft Beer Radio Amazon store on our website. We like the Xylus for everything except for dogfish bottles. Or dogfish style bottles. Dogfish style. Yeah. Not very many, but uh, and then we use the Joey for the um, dogfish bottles. However, I don't th- really think I need to put a cap on this uh, Sam Smith. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Save that stopper. Mm. It's very, very interesting. Chestnut a, honey. Yeah, I would love to just taste that. Mm. Just it's, but it has other honeys too. I, I know, know, I know. But yeah, wildflower and clover honey. Those are things that we've we've experienced more of in the past. But I mm-hmm. think this this ch- chestnut flavor is definitely coming through. And again, chestnuts is not something that I'm really very much experienced with. It's Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's more of a Christmas type thing, right? The chestnuts roasting on an open fire type deal. I've had it in dishes, but mm-hmm. and I believe it comes across somewhat like this. But I don't have a very big sense memory of chestnuts. Yeah, I barely have much at all. I know water chestnuts more, weirdly enough. Which, yeah, about the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned how heirloom Italian wheat could be like butt wheat, buckwheat, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just really wanting to find buckwheat in here, but I mean, it really makes sense in what I'm tasting, right? You're just getting a really, um, yeah, how do I want to describe it? Let me take another sip here. Now, here's the weirdest, the weirdest thing about whenever Dogfish Head does one of these beers, which is that they're all they're taking these ingredients that that they know were in these beers mm-hmm. and then adjusting them for a modern palate. So there is, to a certain sense, the concept that I would probably appreciate this this beer much more than if I had a natural beer from back then. Well, sure. If this thing like, was fermented yeah. with bread yeast or wild yeast, it wouldn't yeah be as good to our, almost, to almost, our palate. Almost certainly, right. Um, so yeah, there you're going to use brewer's yeast instead of letting it spontaneously ferment, mm-hmm. or you know, using a packet of bread yeast. You know, so it still it's it, it still has plenty of rustic going on, right? Yeah, yeah. You're it, not it's losing any of the rustic. I mean, it's definitely different. It's not you know, this is just another IPA or this is just another style. This is mm-hmm. this is a very different beer, and it and it gives you different things to taste that you don't often taste, and that is. Definitely a good thing and something mm-hmm. that we like to celebrate. Yeah, it doesn't it's not reminiscent of any style. Mm-mm. Like mm-hmm. we like we, we, well, we well, what would you say? Well, where would you benchmark it? Probably herb spice beer. <laughs> okay, well, 
the, the wild card style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know where else to put it. it yeah. It, it, I mean, I think if you have tasted several, you know, buckwheat beers in the past, you know, that's kind of the ballpark, right? Yeah. You're kind of in there. Um, it's kind of herby. Like I said, I was really dialing in sage until Greg told me there was no sage in it. But, they, you know, it's it's around there. Uh, the honeys, the honeys are really well done. They don't really come across thin yeah. in the mouthfeel or, you know, anything like that. It's, you don't get that meaty quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what you do get is you get some you know, really nicely expressed flavors yeah. that, that are broad. And I think that you do get with honey, but you also tend to get a kind of meaty thinness if you don't do the right. honey quite right. Yeah, and for this one, you know, for a lack of a better term, the honey comes across very beery, right? Yes. It doesn't come across honey beery. It doesn't come across meaty. It comes across beery. Agreed. Good beer. Etrusca. I should say this was all collaboration with, uh, I think, a brew pub in Rome. Um, Bira Brothers Brewers, Bira del Borgo, and Baladin. Which is either a brewery in Rome. I don't think that's the Dogfish Brewery in New York City. What's that one called? The one with the Iron Chef guy. Um, what? Dogfish did that restaurant brewery thing in well, Manhattan. Was, Simon, was it Michael Simon? No, no, the guy with the ponytail. Oh, wait, Mario Batali? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's what they're talking about, but maybe. All right, so what's next? What's next? Well, we got to save the Doppelbox, so let's do the Farmhouse Hatter, Belgian-style pale ale from New Holland Brewing Company. Okay, so they have their um, their Mad Hatter, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a farmhouse version. The fermentation character from Belgian-born yeast is called a Belgian-style pale ale, 12.2 degrees Play-Doh, 5.07% alcohol by volume, 53 IBUs, malted with two row Munich and crystal malts, Hopped with Nugget and Centennial, and the yeast is a Saison and Abbey yeast. So, good info. Beer wasn't quite a gusher, but there, after I uncapped it, the foam was about an uh, eighth of an inch from the lip of the bottle before I started pouring. It was right up there. I'm like, what is that? There was a little bit of a plastic on the nose. I think it's it's dissipating. No, I'm not smoking. It's it's gone now. It, it, okay. was, it was probably just you know one of those volatiles mm-hmm. that it comes off pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, what I'm smelling now, it's it kind of smells like a Belgian IPA, right? Yeah. I mean, um, has some decent American hops. That's that's the most of it, and then it's kind of. Um, along with those American hops, those citrus type characters. It's pulling in. Do I want to go to leathery or not? Let me try that again. Hmm, it smells really good. But what is it? Leathery isn't the right word, although it's in the ballpark. 
and maybe in the ballpark gives gives a better <laughs> gives a better description than might have because mm-hmm. maybe it's it's baseball glove. Maybe. Baseball glove. <laughs> okay, so how's that different from other? You get some dirt, you or dustiness, or what do you? It's, it, it's a little bit more kind of broken in. Uh, well, that's what I was. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, that's what I was thinking was I. I was honestly, I'm not just making this up. I was going to say well-worn leather, yeah. but I thought it was a little over the top, so I cut it back to leathery. <laughs> I was thinking, so I was thinking like the leather that's kind of wrinkled and you know, like mm-hmm. it has you know a lot of use to it. Like, oh, I have a pair of leather gloves, work gloves, and uh, kind of the state they're in right now. <laughs> but that's just a component. That's just one of of. A myriad of several components that, mm-hmm. that are really hitting, and I'm trying to pick those other ones up. I think too. That, I think that leathery either my nose is filling up and not smelling it as much, or it's dissipating, and I'm getting more and more hops the more I smell it. There's hops, and there's something there's something vaguely uh, uh, peachy about the aroma. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, peach is definitely there. Yeah, no, peach is really a really good call. It's a peachy hop for sure. I was I was trying to figure out what that smell was and how I could pull a tangent off a of grapefruit, but no, it's not a tangent off a of grapefruit, it's peach. Nice ripe peach too. On the flavor, first thing you notice is it's Especially after coming off the Etrusca, it's pretty bitter. Um, you get some some big hop flavor, lots of carbonation. Have to take another sip because I forgot what I was tasting. Brussels sprouts. Yeah, yeah, I can I can with, see that with some acid on it, you know, with Brussels sprouts. Sprouts in general, I think, you know, it's coming through on this. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, like, the other kind of like bean sprouts, too. Um, no, this is classic palate drift, but today I had uh, asparagus with roasted red pepper. And the, the roasted red pepper really pulled a nice little acidic bit off of the... So, I'm not saying asparagus, but I'm saying take your Brussels sprouts, put some roasted red pepper on top of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And and kind of take the acidity there and put those two together. That's the flavor. But I mean that is that is classic palate drift because I ate yeah. it, you know, like you know, six hours ago. The peach doesn't necessarily come through so much. What's more coming through is mm, oof. Um, there, there's still some some small grapefruit quality, but really a very non tangy grapefruit. Which is not something you find very often, so it's hard to elucidate that. Right. But it's not quite the other kind of citrus. It's so the flavor is grapefruit, but it doesn't have the tang that grapefruit has. But there's something that's still distinctly grapefruity, where it it seems very acidic and sharp to me. It doesn't have the sweetness of um of oranges. It doesn't really match lemon or lime at all. But yeah, it's not as potent as grapefruit, but mm-hmm. it's definitely more grapefruit than other citruses. Yeah, it's, it's it's in that grapefruit area, just without you know when you when you have a grapefruit, it's 
this big, bold, sharp mm-hmm. tartness, and it's not there. It, it, this is a muted tartness that has the the sort of malty, kind of a little bit of a toffee overtone on top of it. A little bit of sort of, if you if you put some sugar on top of a grapefruit and then caramelize that sugar, you might get a somewhat similar flavor. Not my favorite Beljo IPA. No. But not a terrible one either. You know Yeah, it's not terrible, but it's I like I like New Holland. I think they make some wonderful beers. Absolutely. Um so I feel bad that I have to say that this isn't my style, but you know, that them's the breaks, right? Um this reminds me of Belgio IPAs before brewers learned to make good Belgio IPAs. Mm. It just doesn't do it for me. Um the the bitterness it's bagel is, bagel in here bagel the the it, you know this is just reminds me a lot of you know the oblong shoes and the throw hoppets and I haven't had either of those in quite a long time but when they were fresh and new and new style on the market you know they just they felt rough around the edges they weren't well integrated and this is much that right the the hoppiness. And the, the bitterness does not integrate very well with the Saison and the other Belgian yeast that they're using. Um, you know, compared to good examples like Raging Bitch from Flying Dog. Um, I've had a couple others. I'm drawing blanks right now. Um, but yeah, this Raging Bitch is sort of our go-to because it was the one that I think that both of us were like, oh, It's okay. like, oh, this style can be good. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. We've uh, had, yeah, we've had other Belgian IPAs that are, that are fantastic in, on, on the same mm-hmm. level, but... They don't come to mind as easily. I'm a little bit more sold on this than you are. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this has qualities that I like. And, and you know, as soon as I picked out that bagel, I think I I can appreciate it slightly more. But I don't think this is as good as Raising Bitch. I don't think it's as good as the other Belgian YPAs that we've had. So it's the still, other great ones we can't think of the names of yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's still deficient on, on those terms. But it's not a bad beer. It's just not a great beer. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw this one in the the bucket with Mole Ocho, the other, the like the only other New Holland that I'm not a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I just they make a, a Mexican um, um, Mole beer, right? It's weird. I can't get my head around that one either. It's not undrinkable. It it has a, a decent drinkability to it. It's just that when you do like we do and you focus on it. Mm-hmm. It 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 starts to crumble a little bit. It do, it doesn't hold up as as well yeah. under such intense scrutiny un, under our lab coat scrutiny. I mean, you could get by a regular Mad Hatter, yeah, at a lower price point. It's a, in my opinion, in our you know on my palate, it's a much better beer. Probably, you know, sure. I won't be getting Farmhouse Hatter again. So, but. I encourage breweries to to go for that sort of experimentation. Well, so it's going to work. Sometimes, well, that's right. If you can make, if you can make a fantastic, well, fantastic to my palate, Belgio IPA, they're wonderful. Yeah, you win. But you, you, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work all the time. Yeah, not all the time. All right. All right, the last beer of the night is one that came in the mail from our friends at Carl Strauss. Woohoo! They have been around for 25 years. That's pretty impressive. That's a little bit longer than we've been doing our show. Just <laughs> a tiny bit. It's a little bit, about 17 years or so. Um, 
they did a 25th anniversary Doppelbock, and Melody sent this to us. 9.5% alcohol by a volume. No, unfortunately, no good information on their website. I think it's just because it's so new. But, yeah, 9.5%, Doppelbock. Speaking my language already. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> so they put, you know, both the New Holland, the Samuel Smiths, and the Carl Strauss had a foil neck wrapper on it. I would love to see the statistics on how much more beer the foil neck wrapper Ooh. sells or how much more of a premium you can charge for a beer mm-hmm. with a foil neck wrapper than one without. I would love to see the, uh, the science behind the research behind that. Greg's making a, an oh yeah face, I think. I don't know what I'm making. <laughs> well, he first made an oh yeah face, now he's like making an oh no face. I don't know if it's oh no, it's just oh huh? It's like <laughs> that is an oh huh face. It's kind of cinnamon roll, donut, of. donut, cinnamon roll. Yeah, it, it's uh, barrel. This is definitely barrel aged, right? Yeah, it's, it has um, to be lager aged in oak barrels, or, uh, oak bourbon barrels. Okay, okay, that that starts to explain. So, so okay, I've some never, of that oh well was oak. There's definitely some. I've some never had a healthy oak in here. Some pretty strong oak. I've never had a bourbon doppelbock before. Yeah. So, let's reset the field right now. Okay. Oaked Doppelbach. On the aroma. So, now that I'm thinking oak. Absolutely comes right through. Smells like, smells like bourbon. Smells like oak. Um, Smells, I want to put some words to this. So, you know, some of the common adjectives for bourbon is cinnamon, vanilla. But, But what is this? This is. But oak has something different to it. Oak mm-hmm. has a kind of... I, I don't even know exactly how to put it, but there's a little bit of a campfire to it, right? There's mm-hmm. there's there's a resiny, sappy note. Uh, it, I'm sure everyone... Or I, I hope everyone smelled oak, because it, it at least will give you some idea. It's one of those ones that's hard to describe... Well, everything is hard to describe without relation to other things, but there's yeah. so few things yeah. that relate to No, I think I'm going to I, you know, I I take some time and try to figure this one out. Um, yeah, I, mean, I get what you're saying. Camp, it's not smoky, but it's... Obviously, it's woody. We don't have to say that. But I want to do better. I want... <sighs> campfirey, but not. I'm not. I'm not satisfied with campfirey. And I think it's misleading. And you can go in, in, into really strange direction when you try to do this comparison. Like, I could say, and I don't think I'd be wrong by saying that there is an element of this that is reflective of turpentine. That's not to say this is a horrible smelling beer, but that there is a component mm-hmm. that is, is similar between them. The... Um it's, it's bracing. It really does. The, pe- the people of Carl Strauss really liked when we were talking about the um, the triple, the Christmas triple that we did, and we were talking about uh, yellow uh, cherry tomatoes. <laughs> they like that a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, that's great. But, but as much as I love Carl Strauss and thank them for sending us stuff, I am not going to use that as a no, you know, as judging. Sure. 
I'm like, I hope your people liked the uh, <laughs> the um, non-standard adjectives we use for yeah. tasting your beer. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm smelling things that 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 bring to mind like hand cleaner. I'm I'm smelling things mm. that that are that are really interesting. Okay, so I'm gonna take it a different direction here. All right, I'm getting so let's take your campfire, let's dial it back to smoked like barbecue, like uh, you know, dry rub pork shoulder or something like that. Right? Okay, okay, I I can right? dial that back into that area. But it's not it doesn't have quite the kind of sweetness or caramelization mm-hmm. of that. So well, but, I mean, there might be some sweetness in the flavor. I'm getting a little bit in the aroma. So uh, yeah, I'm, we're just I'm, going by aroma right I'm now. I'm definitely so. thinking the aroma is so one. I mean, it's so engaging. You know, that's why we're still in the aroma. We're trying to figure it out. It's 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 um, slightly confounding. Like Greg's been having. You know, he's been pulling out. You know, hand cleaner and turpentine, and it's really hard. I think for the listener at home to think how those can't be disgusting aromas in a beer. Imagine that they're not. I mean, that's all I can say <laughs> right. is that I'm I'm smelling these things that have reminiscent qualities of those, but those are not turning the beer into something disgusting. They're, if anything, they're just they're making the beer's dimensionality broader. It it, it gives it, it a more a larger landscape for which so, to, to I mean, appreciate. So one of the one of the images that we just conjured in my head was um fresh split wood. I mean it's yeah, it's sure. really some of that, that wood smell. You know, if you're if you've ever taken the time to cut down the tree, saw logs, split wood, you know, I smelled the beer just now. And it just took me back to a point where I was splitting logs. And, you know, you split the logs apart and you smell the inside of the mm-hmm. freshly split wood. And oak or not, but preferably oak would be a little more accurate, right? Um, and there's something different between split wood and sawdust and things like that, mm-hmm. right? You have to be splitting it. I guess it's probably a little more resiny when you yes. split it. The sap is fresher. You don't right? have, you don't have all this cellulose... In the like with sawdust and stuff like that, you have all this cellulose floating around in the air, getting in your lungs and whatnot. And that's not the thing I want to volatilize for this. I want to split it and let the sap volatilize. Yeah. Things like that. So I mean, this really smells has a smell of fresh split wood. But on top of that, though, there's chocolate. There's I think it's sort of a Dutch cocoa type aroma that's floating on top of that. It's interesting. Hmm. I think it's time to take a sip of this thing. All right. You know, mushrooms on the brain. I just got a, it, it was one of those just fleeting whiffs that I got, but I got something a little bit mushroomy in the, in the nose as well. I don't think you're off on flavor too. I believe that there's a bit of an oyster mushroom flavor in there. Oh, wow. That's good. Oh my, that's, that's really, the first sip I had just, was velvety, and there was a lot more vanilla caramel in the flavor than in the taste. Yum. Donut, glazed donut, Mm. vanilla caramel. The flavor is um, really cozy. What else is there, though? It's not just that. There's something else. 
The glazed donut comes through again late in the aftertaste. I took a sip when I first started talking about this thing, and I just had a Krispy Kreme come back in my mouth um, just now. Yes, it came in my mouth, Greg. <laughs> For those who are new, I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a touch of licorice, but really that donut cinnamon or donut caramel vanilla is really a big part of the flavor. But there's still something woody going on in there, right? There's still some. See, in the flavor for most of me, most of the oak went in right into vanilla and caramel vanilla. I, I don't know if I would agree with you. I, I'm still tasting a considerable amount of that, or at least enough to throw me off. To, to, to throw it off from just plain old mm, cinnamon uh, donut. There's something else mm-hmm. going on. There's something. There's something resiny. There's something biological. There's something more than just the the plain old vanilla hmm. stuff. I'll try to find it. I just got another late late kick. Switch glasses. I well, Greg was talking. I just got another. Like I thought the aftertaste was mostly calmed down. You know, I'm getting ready to take another sip. There's not much going on in my mouth, and boom, it tastes like I just bit into another Krispy Kreme. Right? It was just <laughs> another big glazed donut flavor. It just came out of nowhere. Hmm. I, I definitely see glazed donut there. I don't know. My glass seems to taste a little bit richer than your glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's mix them up. Which one did I pour first? I wonder. Probably you, because that, that's tradition. But I don't know. There's, yeah. a, there's Greg, a slight mine's, difference. My in the glass was richer than Greg's glass. Yeah. A little more saturated in flavor. Interesting. Yeah, see that tastes better. That doesn't have as much of that mm-hmm. kind of that that slight off woodiness. So I don't know what that was, but uh, I would recommend that <laughs> most people are not going to make you know two ounce samples like yeah, we are. So yeah. I mean, they're going to work through yeah, the whole bottle. Yeah, maybe split it. Um, it it's, we've we've talked about this before. If you're a regular listener. It's kind of stunning how the beer gets so stratified in the bottle. And we pour these glasses. You know, we got a 22-ounce bottle. Both Greg and I maybe had four ounces. And it was very different. Mine was very rich and luscious. And Greg's was a little more thinner and didn't have the same saturation of flavor. Um, and I honestly don't remember which glass I poured first. I probably poured mine first, which is actually counter to the pattern. Mm-hmm. Usually it seems... I think it seemed, if I remember right, a lot of the better flavors are at the bottom of the bottle, right? Like further down. And, you know, all the uh, stuff floating at the top is less dense. But I don't know. It's just, it's kind of stunning that we get so much saturation or so much stratification in a bottle. Yeah. I would never expect that stratification would be such a a thing we'd see in the bottle. Mm. I wonder, so homebrew competitions, right? You're only having a few ounces out of a 12-ounce bottle. I wonder how much stratification will come into play there. 
That's an interesting question. Obviously, kegs would be better for that sort of thing, right? Than maybe uh, not. I, I don't know. know. Kegs always pull from the bottom, so maybe, maybe the best beer. Well, maybe unless you drink all the best beer, right? Right. I don't know. Beer stratification would be a, a great research project. It'd be hard to to get out exactly how you're going to do that research project. Though. Well, I mean, they just did the research project on why beers shoot out the bottle when you do the whole clank thing, right? When you yes, that's true. I think we went over that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, actually, that could be really interesting. You know, a lot of things you think, oh, everything's been studied, everything's been invented. I'm fairly certain no one's ever studied beer stratification in a bottle. <laughs> well, I think it's that I've time. never heard of the word beer stratification until I invented it, so. <laughs> okay, well, uh, all that being said, how would you rank tonight's How would I rank tonight's show? beers? Golly, Greg. I think it's uh, pretty straightforward tonight for me. The best beer of the night is going to have to be the Carl Strauss 25th anniversary. And that's not because it was a free beer sent by the brewery. It's because it was delicious. All that great um, bourbon-y glazed donut flavor. It's yummy. Um, Yummy, yummy. My first oaked Doppelbach when I first heard of the idea i was like oh i'm not sure that's gonna work all that being said if you love doppelbox and only love doppelbox might not be the beer for you it really doesn't come across as a doppelbox at all it's not quite the same thing right there's something Mm -hmm. there's something different going on but it's good it's a good different yeah it just doesn't i i don't i can't in good conscience say that it comes across at all like a doppelbox but it does come across like a really good beer. So number one is the 25th anniversary uh, Doppelbach from Carl Strauss. Number two's got to be the Etrusca from Dogfish Head. Um, curious, confounding, delicious, complex, all that great wheat, buckwheat flavor. I thought it was sage, didn't know. Very good drinker. Um a little bit of a commentary on the other three beers of the night, I think. I think if we had other solid beers, it might have got knocked down a little bit, but it came in second. Uh, in third place, I am going to have to put... This is tough. This is tough because... Uh, it's tough in a different way than usual. Yeah, we normally don't have three beers that weren't that, you know, like, oh. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I don't want to put the New Holland in front just because it's Amer- you know American craft beer that I'm friends with let me make sure it really deserves to be in third place I uh, it's not definitely not better than the Sam Smith's that sugary weird thing and I I definitely think it's probably better than the trooper so after double checking myself in third place I'm going to put the farmhouse hatter from New Holland and then I'm going to put the Trooper, and then I'm going to put the Samuel Smith Yorkshire Single. Just, really? The Yorkshire Single goes, goes that far down, huh? I might switch the last two, if you twist my arm. I'm not twisting just, your arm, I'm just wondering. The, the, I drank all of the Trooper, I poured out the Single. Fair enough. Okay, so my my list is almost identical to yours, except for, as you might guess, the, the last two are switched. Uh, I, I think Trooper is is the, the least beer of the night. Remember when you took those gulps, though? It wasn't so bad? It wasn't so bad, but... You, you poured out the Singo. I did pour out the Singo. Twisting Greg's arm. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'll switch because I think you're right. I, you know, I poured out one. I didn't pour out the other, even though all things being equal, they weren't exactly uh, as they weren't exactly great either. Either of them. No. Uh, but so yeah, okay, I'll, I'll agree with you completely. Yorkshire Stingo is number five. Trooper number four. Farmhouse Hatter number three. We've already explained why. Uh, and number two, yeah, the the. The beer at Trisco Bronze, it, it's great to see Dogfish Head doing things. Like, I love that Dogfish Head does stuff like this. Uh, it really, you know, it, it, it's cool to try different things and to really try different flavors and, and experiences. If you can, actually, you know, if you compare this one to other Dogfish Agent Ales, this is a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking some of the more floral ones and whatnot. This one's pretty drinkable. This one's this one's up there. Or this is some of their better Agent Ale. But the Carl Strauss 25th was was really great. So that that wins. All, All right. right. Well, I think that's about it. Thank you, everybody, for... Yes, Trooper. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Not Radio. Not the worst beer of the night. <laughs> now, song of the night? We'll leave that up to you. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website, which is craftbeerradio.com, for more information. Of course, we don't own the rights to Trooper. We're using that under a very, yeah. very lenient use of fair use. Let's critique it. It's a wonderful song. There we oh, go. Oh, that's great. Okay, so we critiqued it, fair use. Um, that's just what we have to do. That's the loophole we use from now on. Um, you can email us, um, beer at craftbeerradio.com. I got a few emails we got to answer, so if you're waiting to hear back from me, I will get back to you soon, I hope. Uh, Twitter, Jeff Bearer at craftbeerradio.com. No, Twitter is just at Jeff Bearer. I'm at CBR Greg. Um, we always say that we're on Facebook and Google+, Plus, but we're not really. Not really. I got to go to the bathroom, so let's get this clean up. All I right. really got to go now. Okay, go. All right. I can wrap this up. <laughs> Talk about how Greg slept in past the time of the show last week. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy your Iron Maiden.